0: Welcome, it's indisputable, I'm your host, Rashad Richie, good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today, breaking down news of the day. My brother from another mother, mayor of Enfield, North Carolina. None other than our dear brother Mondale Robinson, Also founder of Black Male Voter Project, Rebel HQ contributor and an amazing analyst, always good to have him. All right, top story of the day. Tucker Carlson said the inside part out loud, he has now said Donald Trump is too old to be running for President of the United States. Now naturally, it was clumped into a conversation about Biden, but he clearly said he agreed. Both gentlemen, too old to be President of the United States. And in a related but unrelated story, Eastman, a co-defendant with trump in the georgia election meddling case has admitted to guilt i will
1: show you all right here it is like i thought trump should done i thought he should done the debate yeah like to me if you're voting on the president you want to hear him debate he's brilliant he's the best to ever play the political game so to become president i think it was the right move not to do it but for the betterment of the country i think you should be on the debate. i kind of agree i I like the the debates personally i mean how else is people going to decide The problem is that the news companies that host the debates are so rotten and corrupt and everybody knows it. The whole thing's rotten. The whole thing is rotten and corrupt. Is Biden going to be the nominee? I don't know. I'm not a political person, but I feel like there's been a shift where internally, maybe the Democrats don't think he can win and they're setting the stage to do somebody else. Uh, I think it's crazy if he's, I mean... To be honest, I think both Trump and Biden are too old. I, I think there should—I don't think you should be able to be that old and be president. Uh, but I think Trump certainly. I agree, hundred sees- percent.
0: Damn, Tucker! Tucker went one hundred percent in, and he gave the in during the proclamation that both Biden and Trump are too old to be president of the United States. The reason I highlight this is because they have both. And I'm talking about Biden and Trump. They have both been a personification of what is deemed to be. Well, let's just say hierarchy America. Both of them, they are up in age. It is interesting that typically the only individual who gets called out on age is Biden. Well. They're pretty close in age. And now Tucker Carlson has said something else contrary to those who follow him, consume his information, the spin is going to be interesting. All right, so former Fox News host Tucker Carlson agreed with Barstool sports founder Dave Portnoy during an interview on Thursday. After he said that both former President Trump and current President Biden are too old to be president in 2024. Biden is 80, Trump is a young 77. All right, also, this is what else happened. One of the co defendants went on Fox News. I'm talking about the guy who just got indicted for meddling, for interfering in democracy. Well, here's what he said.
2: John, and and just again, so so we clarify this, on January 6, what did you want to happen? And how was that historically grounded in the history of our country? How would that have taken place? So just so the viewers can understand what would have unfolded and how that would have ultimately been constitutional.
1: So there were you know, several things. Some people had urged that Vice President Pence simply had power to reject con- electors uh, whose certification was still pending in yeah, legal contests. I don't believe contests. that. But Go
2: ahead. I don't
1: believe uh, I, that. I, I, I don't <laughs> That's either. That's one thing and I don't I agree I, with. And I, and I explicitly told Vice President Pence in the Oval Office on January 4th that even though it was an open issue under the circumstances we had, I thought it was the weaker argument. And it would be foolish to exercise such power even if he had it. What I recommended, and I've said this repeatedly, is that he accede to requests from more than 100 state legislators in the swing states to give them a week to try and sort out the impact of what everybody acknowledged was illegality in the conduct of the election.
0: Damn, son, you're a lawyer, sir. You know you had a right to not say a damn thing, but you did. Pro-Trump lawyer Eastman, co-defendant in the Georgia election case, joined Fox News Laura Ingram for a two-part interview and raised a lot of eyebrows on Wednesday with comments that many observers interpreted as an admission of guilt, including myself. I will explain. Ingram posed a question to Eastman at what at one point in the interview and. Just again, to clarify this on January 6th, what did you want to happen? Spoken like a prosecutor. That is an open ended prosecutorial question. On that day, sir, what did you desire? What did you want to actually happen? Now, if you answer the question, you have given us intent and Frame of mind. It continues, the Guardian's Hugo Laul noted, quote, former Trump lawyer John Eastman says on Fox News that he wanted on January 6th. What he wanted on January 6th was for VP Pence to delay certification from happening for a week, not news, but in his own words, It sounds like he wanted to impede the certification, end quote. There's more. It's going to sound like that to prosecutors, judges, and juries too, replied lawyer George Conway. A journalist and commentator added, I only want to steal a little of the bank's money, is not a defense, It's an admission of guilt. So let me explain some dynamics here, which are very important. The reason why Pence had to certify the election within a particular frame of time is because the constitution mandates that the election be certified within that frame of time. And if you do not certify the election within that constitutional language and context, you now are in a constitutionally undefined territory, which was the purpose. That is what they wanted. Trump wanted the nation to go to a place that was constitutionally undefined. Because in those moments, typically the executive power can start making up rules and you sort out What was right and what was wrong later. So he wanted that. He wanted that undefined space. He did not want Mike Pence to simply reject everything. I mean, there was a strategy for him to simply delay. Ask Mike Pence. There was a rejection strategy and there was a delay strategy. Delaying the certification is illegal, rejecting the certification is illegal. Eastman just admitted. He's guilty of trying to, coerce, mandate, influence, whatever you choose to call it. The vice president of the United States of America at that time to delay certification, you already have chief of staff, former chief of staff Meadows admitted under oath that he did in fact, coordinate the phone call with Raffensperger in Georgia, but he was doing it under the guise of a federal officer, thus he should be tried in a federal court. He admitted that he was doing it under the direction of Donald Trump because the man was chief of staff for who? If he's doing it as part of his job, he's doing it as an extension of what Donald Trump wants.
1: Fascinating. Mayor, do you see it any differently, sir? Not at all. I, I'm over here smiling like cookies, man. Listen, this is unbelievable. The way you laid it out is extremely clear. It's, it's you can't delay, reject. They're both impeding, impeding That's also someone's right. constitutional duties. An officer, a federal officer, is in trouble. You are putting. What I'm seeing is the RICO case. The RICO case for Fannie is being dealt, being built for her by the by these defendants. Every time they open their mouths, it seems like they forget this is not Fox News TV show for a Republican popularity contest. Donald Trump's not gonna save you. You are these men are setting themselves up to go to prison. Um, and we know John Eastman was this little known lawyer, but became famous after he did the Eastman document, Doctrine. Yep. Donald Trump creating this document, and I'm telling you, these people are in some serious trouble. And I don't understand who who's who. Who is defending these people? And I hope they don't have themselves as clients because Abraham Lincoln himself said, what a fool that would be. But every time they go on Fox and open their mouths, I see them incriminating themselves. Something that is different though, uh, Dr. Richie is did you notice how Laura Ingraham Retaliating or pushing back on this idea that uh, Mike Mike Pence should have this is a this is a this is a different a new space for Fox. You see right. Fox being afraid after that large lawsuit. They know they cannot afford to continue to get on live air and lie and yeah. lie because they can't afford another billion dollar settlement or whatever that settlement was.
0: Nurse made a decision to deny a dying man treatment. The man dies. Right. There's an investigation, she's allowed to keep her license. And then I told you that the dying man was an incarcerated individual. Then you see the picture put up, a picture full mask. Annalene Viser, a Georgia nurse will continue to practice medicine. Despite admitting she did in fact deny a dying man medical care while he begged for help, begged to live. In July, the Georgia Board of Nursing released its final judgment involving this nurse. A former nursing supervisor at the Cobb County Adult Detention Center, the board opened an investigation into the nurse about three years after she oversaw the care of Mr. Kevin Wingo. Mr. Wingo was detained at the jail in 2019 on drug possession charges. Let's go to the security snapshot that we have. So there's a security camera, there's a video inside the jail that captured Mr. Wingo begging medical staff, I mean the man is pleading, begging medical staff to help before he died. He's seen collapsing at least five times in and out of his cell. His pain was so severe, a deputy brought him into the infirmary in a wheelchair. Nearly the entire medical staff believed Mr. Wingo needed Help, quote, he's like laying on the floor screaming. He's sweating, said Natalie Chance, a former nurse at the jail. In a recorded phone call, she placed to the infirmary the night Mr. Wingo fell ill. Quote, he says he's got abdominal pain. He can't fake this. He actually fell backwards onto the floor and crawled. To the window and was asking again, begging for help, saying he could not breathe, said Tiffany Womack in an interview with sheriff investigators at the time. Womack was the jail's lab technician and also a trained emergency medical technician. Let's put her up. That is Nurse Annalene, okay? Let's keep that picture up. Walmack posed a question, asked to perform a medical evaluation on Mr. Wingo, that would have checked his heart rate. Can, can I do something basic for the man? Check his heart rate, check his blood pressure, check his vitals. The nurse would not allow his vitals to be checked after growing tired of Mr. Wingo's scream for help. The nurse told the deputies to put the 36 year old father of three in an isolated room. He collapsed inside of that room and never came out alive. She sentenced him to death in that moment. That is my opinion. I think you will have the same after you hear the rest. According to the medical examiner, Mr. Wingo died. Mr. Wingo died from a perforated ulcer. That was the reason of his abdominal pain. It was not only sincere, it was life threatening. That means His abdominal cavity was literally bathing in acid. His stomach was being eaten the entire time. One of the most painful deaths according to medical professionals. No drugs were found in his system. Mr. Wingo's family filed a complaint with the Georgia Board of Nursing, asking the agency to revoke the license of this nurse. This past June, an administrative law judge recommended the nurse serve one year probation for her actions. The nursing board could have rejected or modified the judge's ruling, but they did not. An Atlanta News first investigation uncovered the nursing board levied its decision without reviewing all of the potential evidence. In May, the same nurse, took part in a video recorded deposition, part of a pending lawsuit against the Cobb County Sheriff's Office. The deposition was taken after she was terminated at the jail and after Mr. Wingo's family settled a lawsuit with the detention center's former medical provider. The nurse had nothing to lose by participating. In the deposition, the nurse repeatedly claimed that she believed Mr. Wingo was faking his own death to simply go to the hospital even after knowing he died from the ulcer quote you know when they act out they do it like that they pretend to be dead she said and he would do anything to go even if it means picking you off the floor The nurse called Mr. Wingo's pleas for help. The show of the day, she said at the infirmary. According to this nurse, it would have only taken her about five minutes to check Mr. Wingo's vital. When asked why she didn't, the nurse said it was because Wingo, the man who was dying, was simply too rowdy. Sheriff investigators and Womack disagreed, I quote, he could not have acted out because he was very sick, Womack said. According to a disciplinary hearing document, after sheriff's investigators reviewed the jail security video, they told the nurse they did not believe Mr. Wingo was disruptive. We've seen the video and I have yet to see him throughout the video acting out at all, said investigator Cody Driscoll to the charge nurse in the deposition. The nurse told attorneys that she would do nothing different today. Even knowing how Wingo died, put up a picture again. If this is your nurse, please run, especially if you happen to be A person of color. Who in the hell says, even with knowledge he was going to die, I would have done nothing different? But not just that, that person gets to keep her license to kill, I mean, her license to practice nursing. Put them up. Atlanta News First, who did a remarkable job covering this story, reached out to State Nursing Board President Tammy Bryant. You see, Ms. Bryant declined to be interviewed about the ruling. Secretary of State Brad Raffensberger, whose agency provides the administrative support to the board, also declined. The state licensing agency does not wield any statutory authority over the enforcement process. Let's go to the Cobb County Sheriff's Office. Now we'll say this about the Cobb County Sheriff's Office. They made it clear they saw no disruption. They contradicted the narrative that was first presented. The Cobb County Sheriff's Office denies any liability in Mr. Wingo's death shot away from responding to the nurse's actions. Quote, while this incident occurred under the previous sheriff, previous sheriff, it does not change the painful experience of Kevin Wingo and the Wingo family. Sheriff Craig Owen said, as the sheriff since 2021, I have prioritized respect and care for those under our watch. And I can say, um, I've met the sheriff, I think he's a fine gentleman. Now we have a problem. Okay. To the nursing board. Maybe you look at it and say, okay, she made a bad call. But then in the deposition, she had nothing to lose. So she told the truth. She said clearly, even if I knew he was going to die, I would have done nothing differently. Let me tell you why checking the vitals was so important. Because any doubt that you may have had, first of all, you should not doubt a person that that says, I'm in pain, I'm dying. You just shouldn't do that. It's not worth the risk created in that moment. The risk for the human being, the risk for your career. The risk, the liability for the agency, it's not worth it. Check the vitals. The vitals can tell the story, but you refuse to do that much. To simply check the vital, that's already an extreme negligent act. The man is dead; a human being is no longer living. You couldn't blame it on drugs; didn't have any in his system. Now, the nursing board is going to have to respond. All right, dear brother, thoughts here.
1: I I, I listen. I know I know that you you uh, slipped up and said she sends him to death. That's that is not your that's that's not your opinion. That's my opinion as well. I watched that happen. That she said they, show of the day, that's how they act. They'll do anything. He's too rowdy. How are you supposed to die? Silently, quietly? This the idea that black men have the shortest lives in America is put on display right here. You wanna know why black men don't go to hospitals while we're dying? The epigenetics, the trauma that's associated with Black people and the suffering, the long suffering that these people have for us is on display in this case. And the fact, the fact that the state board that regulate nurses says she's done nothing wrong, she she should be allowed to continue killing Black men in this manner is exactly what I heard when they said she can go back to work, she can keep her license. This is disgusting beyond. This story this story as a movie wouldn't sound truthful. No one would believe that you would let someone die in this manner. Even when you have someone else begging to use their skills, an EMT and a lab technician begging to check this vitals. Makes no sense to for a nurse to say no, don't worry about it. He's acting now. Yeah, she's the butt for a factor. Yeah, she's the butt for a factor. You gotta keep in
0: mind, everybody believed him. Everybody did. As a matter of fact, one person said he can't fake this. The deputies believed him, they took him to the infirmary. The infirmary believed, everybody believed him. Everyone. But the person in charge of care. How can you be in charge of care and not give a damn about a human being? We will bring you updates, guaranteed to be one. A vlogger, a very popular mom vlogger, has been arrested. Because, according to the narrative, she abused the children, starved them, tied them up. put up the picture for man. Hell of a story here. forty one year old Ruby Frank, mother and famous blogger in Utah, known for her eight passengers YouTube channel, was arrested this week for allegedly tying up two of her children with duct tape, starving them, abusing them to such an extent. Then one of them climbed from an open window and ran to a neighbor's home to get food and water. As Frank was taken into custody on Wednesday and charged with two counts of second degree felony aggravated child abuse. Frank's eldest daughter, Sharia, who had distanced herself from her mother prior to the arrest wrote finally, finally on an Instagram story alongside a photo presumably of her mother being taken away by police. Let's put it up, Jody Hildebrandt who is Frank's business partner was also arrested. Was also arrested in connection with the children's treatment as Jody was the owner of the home where the two girls were allegedly being abused. And I gotta say this, keep the picture up. That is an interesting dynamic, look at this now. Seemingly all put together. On June, in June 2022, the women started the Connections Classroom, a self-help class aimed at creating, quote, joy in your life and your relationships. Connections caused concern straight away with onlookers label labeling it a cult, criticizing it as damaging, extreme, authoritarian in its teaching. According to a press release, From Santa Clara, Irvine Public Safety Department, police on Wednesday, August 30th, responded to a call at a residence located in Irvine, Utah. The calling party told the dispatcher that a juvenile had shown up at their door asking for food and water. The caller said the child, quote, appeared to be emaciated, malnourished, with open wounds and duct tape around the extremities, around the extremity. The child who escaped from the home was identified as a 12 year old girl with deep laceration due to being tied up with a rope and with duct tape. The 12 year old's condition was so severe that the emergency <coughs> That the emergency medical services personnel were dispatched to the scene and examined the child before transporting them to St. George Regional Hospital for medical treatment. Investigators then learned that there was a ten-year-old, also a ten-year-old girl, who also believed to be in a similar condition, still at the home from which the 12 year old escaped. Quote, the juvenile was also transported by EMS to the hospital for treatment. The other child found in the home was said to be the 12 year old's younger sister. There's a search warrant, a search warrant for the home recovered evidence consistent with the marking found on the juvenile. The Department of Child and Family Services was contacted by the case about the case, DCFS and the Springfield Police Department launched a joint effort, and the two juvenile victims, as well as two other children, were removed from Frank's custody and placed in the custody of DCFS. The two children were not in Hildebrandt's home. Have not yet spoken to authorities. Let's put up. The picture again, police said two days prior to her arrest. She posted this video to YouTube that was filmed in Hildebrand's basement. Meaning the latter woman was aware of the conditions under which the children were living. Both women are currently being held with no bond. The Eight Passengers channel followed the lives of the main character. The husband, Kevin, and their children. Shari, Chad, Abby, Julie, Russell, and Eve. But over the past three years, the family had been in a downward spiral. The channel had about 2.5 million subscribers at its peak. But was taken offline earlier this year for unknown reasons. The family has also been surrounded by allegations of wrongdoing for some time, with rumors of child abuse circling in summer, in the summer of 2020, which signaled the beginning of the end. With the main character splitting off to the different controversial Connections channel with Hildebrandt last year, and certain family members disappearing from. View all together. Today has been a big day, the daughter said in another post. Me and my family are so glad justice is being served. We've been trying to tell the police and CPS for years about this. So glad they finally decided to step up. Your actions made them step up because you're strong and you're courageous. Did you hear what the child said? We've been telling them about this abuse. What did you really hear out of that? We told them what was happening and they did nothing. All
1: right, Mayor thoughts here. Yeah, and I I don't even call this stepping up, um, Dr. Richie. You have to act when these children show up at other people's houses in right. this condition, right? As first responders, you're obligated to do something in the fact that no one listened to these children. Uh, just like you said, you should never take the risk of not listening when someone is in medical uh, facilities or dealing with uh, like children. This is, I, I can't I can't even fathom that this is reality. I remember in 2010 when the internet online chats were taking off, this Korean family did something similar to this. They left this man and this woman left their child while they went to online cafes to ra- raise an online child and starve their kid to death. These people should be charged to the utmost. This is unbelievable and disgusting behavior. That's right. Any- Examples need to be set against
0: people like that.
2: I want, I still want this. I'm, gonna do this. Yeah. I'm going to talk to corporate. How okay. dare you submit? Because yeah. all
1: I ask you to
2: do is unlock the bathroom.
1: You know oh, oh, excuse me? Give me system. my yeah.
2: money. I right now, and I'm a corporate
1: phone number. That's all I want. I'm going to go search it online. Oh, okay, so you refuse to give it to me? Not no, to I'm not refusing. I asked you for a
2: corporate number. I just <laughs> want to give me a corporate number. Please. I request a <laughs> corporate number. I said a corporate number, please. I request like a... You, like, you work here, you don't know. You
1: don't read a handbook, you don't know a corporate number. Don't you have to sign up with stuff? That's okay. Because I have your picture, I have the receipt. Just give me my money, and we are good to go. Actually, I want to be famous, right? There you go. Continue on. You got yeah, corpus number. <laughs> uh, I just asked you, uh, I asked you to pay for it while you were sitting there doing exactly. nothing but blending. you have and to become a that's quite a right, sir. You your You're you. You Apparently, you just don't get
2: it. I asked you, so uh, I have to pay for this beforehand.
1: Exactly. You that's, that's, you have give to me my money. money, be done. Yeah. You got to pay for give it.
2: Give me my That's why I offered to pay for it while you stood there and did nothing except press a button because apparently your intelligence. That's why you work no, $10 $10. Year, $10. last year
1: 2019 What's like that, that too? let's go. Give me
2: my money, check out, your dog, <laughs> that's all you have to
1: do. That's why you work for <laughs> Happy, New year, you, Happy, me New, Happy New, New year to you, my Happy brother. Happy New Year to you, my brother. New Year, awesome, yeah. I'm sorry it's starting off for you why like this, this man. I pay for it, give me my uh, smoothies, or give me my yeah. money, it's your choice. Damn. My
0: you cannot get between a Karen and a smoothie, put up the picture full of mass I thought this was interesting for a number of reasons, came across it recently online. Karen was trying to belittle the cashier. She freaked out at a smoothie restaurant. And I did think it was really, really interesting how the person who recorded this. Um, I mean, that was just, it was brilliant the way he did it. He's not disturbing his smoothie. He's continuing to um, ensure that the person has a record in case something goes even more south. It highlights the extreme behavior of Karenicity, which we need for the record. And the fact that the cashier saw the move. And they connected in that moment. And the Karen was none the wiser. Well done, gentlemen. Well done.
1: Mayor, thoughts here. She was so like, where's situation awareness? Like, my man is trying, it's, it's like the cashier was trying to give you hints that you're being, you're about, he's like, I'm gonna be famous. He's literally saying, you're gonna be famous. Right. Because right. the internet's gonna find out who you are. On New Year's Eve, you treat to show up like this over a smoothie, over apple juice, over whatever you think you deserve yeah. while you've been recorded from. And it's it's just the lack of situation awareness, not just about what was happening, just about who you are and how you want to be in the world. Yeah, there you go.
0: An exclusive, indisputable, was contacted by two male black male truckers who were discriminated against, according to them, at a Denny's in South Dakota, they tried to get resolution, did not. They were kicked out, escorted out by the police. Well, after our reporting, Denny's has responded. I even received a phone call from the vice president of Denny's National. Let me remind you of the story, here it is.
1: to make the situation more calm because we do have a lot of people here, it would just be nice if you guys could leave, but
2: we aren't actually we do? You guys. I have no idea. I'm not in the situation, but um she, like, just like to make it more calm, she said, like, you guys can calmly leave because we do have a lot of people around, or the police will be out there because they are.
1: So, but why do we have to leave? We just came to order food. Yeah, of I don't understand. Like, what, what do I, we do? I don't know. <laughs> That's not right, man. Like, uh, we, we we was planning on leaving, but. So. We wanted to wait for the police to get here because we wanted her name. Yeah, she didn't want to give us, us her name because we want to submit it from train Okay. She doesn't. She refused to yeah, give us. Yeah. She doesn't name.
2: have to give her name.
1: She had, but she works here, right? We're yeah. expecting for we waiting for a manager. Okay. Yeah. Do they have a manager? Well, um, did you guys do
2: anything? No, we don't have a manager today. They're all off because they've been working though, so like all if
1: week. He so leaves, if we leave yeah. and the police get here, mm-hmm. she could just come up and say anything. I try yeah. to rob yeah, them. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, so like did you guys do anything to disturb her or disturb any customers no when she, no, she was yes. fine I, I said excuse me because it yeah. seemed like she was you know oh yeah around it's really it's, busy today so. no obviously yeah so you know i said excuse me because he's been sitting here for 15 minutes yeah of course so you know when she left she came back with the minions and yeah. she said well i don't want to be yelled at yeah and i said i didn't yell at you can we talk outside real quick
2: Yo, we're full of these. Can we talk outside real
1: quick? Alright,
0: just outside here.
1: That's crazy. They're refusing to serve us. That's
2: crazy.
0: (laughs) That's crazy. They're refusing to serve us. Let's put up the gentleman. To remind you that these two men had the police called on them and service refused. Mr. Damon Whitfield and Mr. Hector Madera pulled into a pilot truck stop in Sioux Falls, South Dakota to shower. And grab some food when the manager who who refused to take their orders, called the police to remove them from the restaurant. All right, let's put it up. After the incident, they called the corporate Denny's number to explain the situation and claim they didn't even receive an apology at that time. Okay. After our reporting, Denny's reached out to Indisputable, stating, quote, Denny's has a zero tolerance policy when it comes to discrimination at all Denny's locations. We embrace diversity and foster an inclusive environment where every guest feels welcome. A member of Denny's leadership team has been in contact with these two valued guests involved in this restaurant visit to ensure they know the situation has our full attention. It continues. We are actively investigating the incident report at Denny's in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. At the conclusion of the investigation, we will take appropriate disciplinary action. That is from Chris Garvey Graves, manager partner of Finn Partners. Um, Looks to be like a PR and marketing firm, okay? Denny's VP of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, April Kelly Drummond also reached out to Mr. Whitfield, and he told us, quote, she gave a very hollow apology and it seemed like she only reached out because the CEO saw the video. She wanted to get the story under the, uh, under the story. I told her I didn't wanna talk without an attorney with me on the call. Um, so that picture, let's keep it up. So you have the CEO, a white female, the CEO, um, her name is Kelly. Uh, and you also have uh, Denny's VP of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Um, her name is April. Now, I will say this I received a call from the VP of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, um, Ms. April, who was extremely appropriate, I must add. Now, naturally, there still has to be remedy and result. Uh, we have to see this all the way through. Um, I am um, thankful that it's being taken seriously now because according to the gentleman when they contacted us it was not it was not being taken seriously I guarantee you there will be an update to this story quickly all right Mayor thoughts here
1: listen Dennis can say what Dennis can say what they want to say policy policy is yeah. only real when there's a culture that supports it never right. without it Policy becomes policy when the culture shows that it it is a real thing. Um, If if black people wanna get serious about serious, we should be at at pilot's net and all black truckers should be skipping pilot going somewhere else until they say, until this is addressed and not before that. This is absolutely ridiculous and the danger, I am so afraid every time I see police officers called on black men. Because I know for a certain age of black men and these brothers look like they fall in that age. Whenever whenever police arrive, you're, you're dealing with your leading cause of death. Between, between 18s and almost 30, for black men, that's the leading, leading call of death. To call police on these brothers in this manner was absolutely ridiculous. This idea, she, this woman that even responded to say there was no managers on duty, act as if she was being bothered. Did you bother her? What did you do to her? Where is customer first in that policy? Right. It's problematic from the beginning. Yeah, and that cannot
0: be a protocol of any restaurant No one is in charge, you mean there's nobody based on the chain of command that is considered at least the manager at this moment. Also, there was a proclamation from one of the truckers that said, the person who owned the pilot has a relationship with the waitress who originally would not serve them. They put that on the record, we provided that information in the first story. Uh, now, Dennis has an opportunity here, but you got to get it right. You got to not, you got to hit a grand slam, uh, in order to get this right. Because these gentlemen, they literally attempted to seek remedy at the local level. That didn't happen to their satisfaction. They called the corporate number. No remedy happened at, uh, for their satisfaction at that level. Uh, and then they contacted us. All right. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. What if I told you that school teachers who were simply asking about, well, why does the superintendent get a raise? But we're not getting a raise. They post the question and they get arrested in the meeting. Here it is.
2: We have not gotten raises. How are you going to take that money Because it's basically taking out of the pockets right. Stop. of
1: teachers? Stop right now. That's not germane to what's on the agenda tonight. Yes, yes, it, is. It, is. Yes. it is.
2: Come on now. How are you going if to what's take what's
1: on the agenda is the superintendent's contract?
2: With a raise. raise.
1: Well, that's not talking about the raise. It's all I am, I'm saying,
2: how are you taking the raise when you're shame. basically taking from the teachers and employees under you, when we have class sizes that are that big? Uh, this directly speaks to what you are vo- you have just voted
1: Thank, Thank you, much. Right, Anybody else? <laughs> Excuse me, I'll this. Can, Can I not stay it in when I'm being spoken to? Is there a You're gonna leave, or I'm gonna remove you. Yeah. Take
0: yeah. your things are
1: I hope somebody has this I'm on video. I'm really. Excuse me. Is it against policy yes. to save? Sure. Right. Do not. Hold on. Take things this is the most disgraceful
2: and disgraceful thing. I don't want
1: another comment.
2: A comment. She wasn't talking to you. She was talking to. It was, a, it was comments for anything. the superintendent.
1: I don't want it's the audience to comment without me. Mm.
2: She was recognized. She was recognized. By you. Yeah. And he, was he was speaking he was to me directly. Did And he right. responded to her. That's
1: he exactly something. right. But well, you run no.
2: everything.
1: He did. Uh, the she's superintendent done. can't even look at her when she's talking.
2: Um, he didn't not know, know. Why are you putting his handcuffs right now? let's
1: go see no. this. No. Get no. yes, no. yeah, this on video.
2: What are you doing? It's what it's are you doing? It's Don't. Can you explain? Stop resisting!
0: I am not. You just pushed me. To- I think your mother is ashamed of you, sir. Let's put up the pictures. Now this is called a system. School teachers in Clark County, Nevada, on Thursday were placed in handcuffs, escorted out of a school board meeting the Clark County School District and the Clark County Education Association were engaged in negotiations over new contracts for school teachers. According to the CCEA, nearly 5000 teachers showed up to rally ahead of the Board of Trustees meeting. The meeting began on time but was disrupted when dozens of teachers began shouting and chanting, asking for better pay, calling. Or the ouster of the superintendent. There's more. Officers from the Clark County School, our school district police department placed two teachers in handcuffs. Police removed another man from the board meeting without handcuffs. After the arrest, a few teachers walked out, and the board meeting continued. Our school board president, let's put her up. Her name is Evelyn Garcia Morales. Tried to temper things down. She attempted. And restore order to the meeting on Thursday, saying, quote, we cannot conduct business. It is very clear that CCEA has intentions to ensure that we do not conduct this meeting. An August 10th school board meeting was recessed without any agenda items being discussed due to similar disruptions. Keep a picture up for a minute. You know, school boards have this issue, it happens. What do they typically do? They will go into executive session so they can still get some work done. They'll go into executive session. They will reschedule the meeting. Or they will do the amazingly simple thing of hearing people out. They simply want to be heard, man, That's it. They know you are you all are likely not to do a damn thing that day. When contract Negotiations began in March shortly thereafter. The CCEA began running TV ads criticizing the superintendent, Dr. Jesus Hara's leadership, and seeking his removal. Let's put them up. They're running ads, kind of like what Trump is doing right now freedom of speech. They get to do that. It's not illegal. CCEA president, Mari. Now, said, quote, if we're in the business of providing instruction, then we need to assure that we're doing everything we can to retain our educators and to recruit educators here. I agree with you, ma'am, having educators arrested because they pose the question about another man's salary increase when they are getting none is a valid damn question. I agree with you 100%. This is not going to work out well for the recruitment of new educators. Who wants this mess, right? One elementary school teacher said the officer said the offer. Excuse me. CCEA is proposing is transformative. Right now, teachers aren't making it. Marie Hope Barros, a teacher at Barber Elementary School said, quote, you're going to school, but you're not able to pay your rent. And so we're just asking for the wages that would do to make rent, end quote. Nevada lawmakers made a historic investment into public education this past legislative session. CCEA is hoping to use that money for teacher salaries, asking for a 10% increase in the first year and 8% in the second year. CCSD has countered, offering in its latest proposal 8.5% the first year, and two percent the following year. CCSD released the following statement regarding Thursday's meeting. Throughout every negotiation session, the Clark County School District continues to advocate at the bargaining a bargaining table for increasing pay, benefits for deserving teachers, and correcting the old salary schedule with a new equitable schedule. It continued negotiations with the CCEA will only be resolved at the bargaining table by not by disrupting the business operations of the school district. As stated at Thursday's board meeting violating the law by disrupting a public meeting results in consequences. CCSD is charged with educating Clark County school, Clark County's children and those who seek to disrupt the district's business operations will not deter us from fulfilling our mission. Once the most unruly agitators were removed from the meeting, the board of trustees were able to continue the meeting and complete their business. Look at you. Look at you. Here's what I guarantee you, though. I bet you won't try that again. I bet you that. And I bet they get their 10% because now you know the pressure goes beyond the protected chambers of that facility. And that was their point. They wanted you to fill it. And you did. I don't give a damn what you say. Mayor, thoughts here.
1: I I listen. I. Teachers being handcuffed for asking about a salary wow. is is benign. I can't even I can't even wrap my head around the fact that we watched this officer and like you said, his mother is very disappointed in him. His anger, his attitude was aggressive from the jump. This idea that she can't question a superintendent who's not sitting in the classroom and as she said, overpopulated classrooms, which means you're not sir, the, the school board can say again. We can go back to policy and culture, right? The culture currently is not educating these students. If you cared about these students, these teachers wouldn't have double the class size they should have right they shouldn't they wouldn't be overpopulated in these classrooms and underpaid the idea that you can work somewhere 40 hours a week or less if you ask me and not be able to pay rent is yep. damn ridiculous and this yep. idea that you want these people to raise every other profession in this country makes yep. no sense
0: none at all you got to think about hypocrisy here they're they're talking about giving a raise to the superintendent taking money out of the pot they could go to ensure that they get their 10%. You're already at 8.5. All right, we'll give you the update as it comes. Joe Biden's. Joe Biden's. Joe Biden's. Hey, back
1: off.
0: Let's put it up, Uh, let me tell you what, uh, my favorite part here. The smile on the young man's face. Even though he did not say any words, his spirit was saying, mission accomplished, mission accomplished. How did this happen? I don't know, but I want to imagine, we'll keep the picture up. I want to imagine that he probably walked up to the guy and whispered in his ear, I have a soul and I love people. And that's what started. That's just my conclusion. I have no evidence of that. Mayor, (laughs) the man is at, all right, according to the Post, they are at a saloon, all right, Red Spur Saloon, Scottsdale, Arizona. That's according to the Post. They're at a saloon, you go there, you're supposed to get wasted and have a good time, right? He's upset and screaming, F Biden, F Biden, the
1: security has to kick him back in the club. This is insane. I was yeah, I I I think I think your, your interpretation of what happened sounds, it sounds right to me. I I I roll with that. Yeah. This is but this is the anger that we see from these Christian, patriotic. You know, Trump supporters who really don't display any Christian behavior, that don't show any patriotic behavior. It's just anger that they're a white candidate, their whiteness is being questioned. And how dare you question our whiteness at all? Yeah, the privilege runs deep. And this seems like oppression
0: when it is checked. All right, dear brother, always good to have you on the program. Tell people I think can follow you,
1: check out your great work. Yeah, I'm on uh, Rebel HQ four days a week, and also at Monday Robinson everywhere on social media. Doing a great job, my friend. Always good to see you, brother. All right,
0: we got more. The bullpen is next. Stick and stay.
2: i
1: oh, No. don't no. No. care. No. You're going to get a disorderly contact. me Go back in the house then. If you can't be quiet.
2: Wrap it off. I'm
0: not talking to you. it you. <laughs>
2: I can issue my citation disorderly conduct, okay? Would you, would you want that? Yeah? Okay. I okay. You want to send that to me if you can? No, I'll put it with, uh, with the ticket.
0: Indisputable covered this as an exclusive. The man was yelling racial slurs, calling the young lady the n-word. He had driven a car, basically, a car into their property, damaged their property. Police come and you saw what unfolded. We have on the show Miss Rhonda Ronsman was the victim of this and other incidents that we'll talk about. Wish it was under better circumstances, but Ms. Ronsman, thanks for being on the show, how are you? Thanks
2: for having me, it's, uh, it's hard to listen to that <laughs> Bring, conjures up a lot of feelings.
0: Sure it does, I'm gonna do my best to help navigate with you uh, through this. Okay. Um, you stood up for yourself, you told that officer yes, you want to press a disorderly conduct charge or whatever the offer was. To me, it should have been much more stiff than that. But can you take us through what happened that day?
2: Absolutely, so um, my husband and I were in our home. Um, I also should mention that prior to this, um, the person who currently lives behind us, had threatened to do this um, to me, um, to us. Um, So as we were sitting in our home on July 30th of 2022, when we heard a loud crash and a thud, I knew right away who it was. I didn't expect to see what I saw. And um, my husband ran outside. Um, I had to chase after my husband because he was very upset, obviously, extremely upset. Um, But running through my mind was, I don't know what kind of weapons this guy has. I don't know, there are no officers here. We are basically just a target um, because now there's a gaping hole in our fence and he's on our property. And um, I came outside and when I saw Mr. Wise get out of the vehicle, I said, what happened? And he looked at me and said, I hurt my leg, but my um, word neighbor is worried about her house. So that was about a half hour to 45 minutes before the video that you saw. And that particular word was uttered probably over 20 times throughout the course of, of that time frame. So when I started videotaping, um, his companion, the person who was with him started to become very upset and started yelling at me and screaming at me and telling me to stop. And um, and then he became upset because I wanted him off of my property, one, and two, I was not going to allow him to take the vehicle off of my property. So. As he continued to lose control over the situation, he started to become much more upset with, with, with me, um, which makes no sense. He, he shouldn't have been upset with me at all. Um, but he, um, I, my personal feeling is that what he did was intentional. And what I also feel is that um, since that time I have re- gotten a re- uh, restraining order. As of October of last year. And all of those videos that you played of that truck flying past the back of our house were things that he did after he got the restraining order. So um, the fact that he's not incarcerated and the fact that he is not in jail, um, you know, I, I don't have any words. All I know is that it's a year and a month or two later, and I won't park in my garage. I um, Two days ago, uh, actually probably about two or three days ago, went to get ready for work. Every time my husband leaves the house, I lock the screen door because I'm afraid he's gonna break through. And um, I literally came out of the shower, and I could only imagine him standing, just seeing his face standing in front of me, and I just started to sob. So, you know, this is no way to live and I felt like I had no other choice but to share this video with you because I don't I don't want anybody to get hurt. I just want it to stop. And I don't just want it to stop for me. I want it I want it to stop for America and everybody should be offended by this. It shouldn't just be a black or white thing. This shouldn't be allowed in America. You should want to get involved in helping stop this.
0: You know, you speak true. You speak true word. This is not a black, white thing. This is about decency. This is about care. So let me go back to something you said. You said you think. What he did was intentional, Correct. it was an accident. He told our producers it was an accident, Um, I injured myself. And basically you made a big deal about something. Now we see the damage, I I don't think a big enough deal was made. I don't understand why the officer didn't come, put him on the ground and take him to jail immediately. So you said intentional. Because he threatened to do something like this. What was the nature of that threat prior?
2: Well, there's a couple things that I wanna mention in terms of um, it being intentional. First of all, the restraining order was given in October of last year and this happened in July. So the reason why the restraining order was given was specifically for this incident. So it wasn't just me who believed it was intentional and that his behavior was harassing and threatening. It was the judge who actually issued the restraining order as well. The, um, the other aspect of it was the conversations that I heard him have with other neighbors. One in particular where he became upset when he saw us building the fence. And he mentioned to another neighbor that he was going to knock the racial slur um, down. That yeah. he was going to knock the fence down. Um, I, I I don't I don't understand how you can how anyone could if you're making that kind of a threat and then your fence comes down, <laughs> which right. isn't an everyday occurrence. Right you know you pretty much just put two and two together and and you come to the conclusion that um somebody wants to hurt you
0: why did this insecure shell of a man get upset about the fence at least in his estimation do you know
2: you know the only thing i can do is speculate um i don't know how that kind of mind thinks right. um i was explaining to your producer um, earlier that in the restraining order um, court, court event that we had. Um, when he was trying to explain to her why he said the N word, um, his, his word was that he was brought up to believe that that word means ignorance and has nothing to do with color. So somebody who feels comfortable saying something like that just has no line. And I believe that when he has situations where there are, you know, my my mom raised me, and she raised a strong woman. And I I think when people who are strong, um, especially people who are of color, who he obviously does not respect nor does he like, are taking a stand. Um, we built the fence because he was destroying our property before we built the fence. That when when people are taking a stand that they feel that they have the privilege and right to
0: cross those lines in our original reporting we we did show how after the restraining order was established this neighbor would pull his truck up right next to the home pause or stop and then spin off right Uh, Creating a dynamic that is a nuisance, trying to intimidate, etc., all right? Playing games. So at this point, uh, obviously this individual has not really received a clear message uh, that he is to leave you alone to stop this kind of action. Have you tried to enforce that as a violation perhaps of the restraining order, at least in spirit?
2: I have actually shared all of those videos with our local police department. Okay. And, um, you know, the only thing I can tell you is that what they've told me is that that is not a violation of the restraining order. When I read what's on the restraining order to me, it looks like a clear violation, especially with the repeated times that he right. did it.
0: Um, have and, you- yeah. And I don't mean interrupt, I just want to ask you a question. Have you gone to the judge who signed it or called the clerk of that court to see if you can get redressed back in front of the judge?
2: That I did not do um, and I did not know I could do that. You can. And I will.
0: Yes, you can. Um, uh, typically the clerk, depending on their jurisdictional standards, the clerk will be able to usher you through that. Um, okay. To have an evidentiary hearing about the restraining order. So, okay. there's a dynamic here, obviously. You have a husband, and, and your yes. husband wants to protect you. He was very angry when this happened. You had to run after him. You don't want anything bad to happen to you or him or anybody. You just want to be able to live in a peaceful environment. Correct. What has this done as far as changing dynamics with how you all live in your community? You know, I
2: think it's changed the dynamic not just how we're living in this community, but just in general. Um, I often cry when I tell this story, so I'm probably gonna cry when I tell it now. But
0: um,
2: when I was in that video that you saw, that minute and 32 second video that you saw, when you see me kind of turning around and, and videotaping the different aspects of my backyard. And I'm trying to kind of look for a place to go. One of the reasons why you see me doing that is because I felt so um, alone and mm-hmm. helpless. Um, and I also felt terrible for those kids who were standing there. Because as we know, racism is a learned behavior. That's right. I could see the kids looking at me. And um, almost like they were trying to figure out what was going on, and um, to see that my um, my husband was witnessing something that he had never seen before, and seeing the fact that his um, that that we were experiencing this horrible incident um, was just heartbreaking. Um, now. As far as my husband and I are concerned, what I can tell you is that he and I are rock solid. We are much closer than we were before. And part of the reason why we are is because, um, you know, we, it's how we've always been. But since this has happened, we realize the importance of really being a a strong front and and a source of support for each other. So, we're teaching people about this and talking to people about this and telling parents to share the video with their kids not to sensationalize it but understand that this is something that happens so that we can stop you know the cycle of 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 making it so that things like this are okay it doesn't make you a patriot it's it's a horrible horrible way to think and horrible actions to inflict on innocent people when you think that way so right. um, it's it's made it. I, I think it's made it more difficult for people who are in the community. As we know, when you tell the truth, um, it's not always taken very very well with people who don't want to hear the truth. But for my husband and me, it's made us stronger when we are out there telling the truth about about these things that happen every day. I'm one of how many of those incidents that happened on July 30th of 2022.
0: There's a saying that says, if you're traveling and you never come face to face with the devil, that means you all are traveling in the same direction. Right. So when you are being a righteous individual and simply trying to bring light and love into the world. Those who do not want to see that light or love will be confrontational at times. Right. I'm, I'm very thankful for the leadership you provide. You are a public speaker. You are a survivor of abuse and harassment. You speak yes. about these things. You give life to people who have experienced these things because of your connection and your ability to overcome. Here's, here's what I see I see a very unfortunate, a very bad, a very evil situation happen to somebody who has so much light inside of them that they are the ones properly equipped to deal with it. And you're so right about people need to share the video because context matters. Who presents the video and what context will determine how the person receiving the video will learn. It is important that we provide the context that this is bad, this is wrong and this is exactly what you should never become. Absolutely. Do you have any last words for those who are watching this and naturally the vast majority of people obviously are supportive of you and they understand that this is a horrible thing that happened
2: I think the most important thing I want to say to people who are out there is understanding that all of us all of us have a responsibility to do two things one to understand that there is color and we should celebrate color and we should appreciate color and we should appreciate culture and we should appreciate our differences i was thinking this morning you know a, a, a tree and grass and flowers they they grow you you water them they all grow but they're different right okay but but it doesn't because they're different doesn't make it so that we don't call it a tree or a, or grass or a flower, we can separate those three things and they can all still be beautiful. We can acknowledge them for what they are. So there is color, that's the first thing. The second thing is the importance of speaking up and being involved. One of the things that I learned about being biracial, which I am. I was raised by a black mom and a, a white father, is that There is a certain amount of privilege at times that comes to me because I look different. Um, And and many times people feel a certain level of comfort talking to me about racist things that they think that somehow I'm going to be okay with because I'm not quite all there. And my response to that is What are you doing? What are you saying? That's ridiculous. I'm black. First of all, even if I'm not black, why would you ever say that? It's important for people to understand that as an American, as a black person, as a white person, you have a responsibility to speak up and defend your fellow man even if you've never met them. That's the only way this is ever, ever, ever going
0: to change. That is so true. That is so true. It doesn't take place by some leader standing at a podium. But the leader that's in the conversation. Thank you so much for everything that you do, Ms. Rosman, we are appreciative of your leadership. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Remember, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember the truth is always indisputable.